They're here, everyone. They are the smart kids at the shops with their mothers or fathers, riding their bikes around the streets and playing down by the river, as well as talking to their friends on their smartphones. Join the smart kids each week as they discover, explore, and solve the mysteries of today. Here's your host, J.T. Crowley. And as I say most weeks, welcome to another one of my podcasts. This week, as I said in the previous show, I'm taking you to the far side of the world, South Island, New Zealand, to meet Anaru, my rugby boy, whose passion for the game courses through every vein and every artery that networks through his body. Queenstown is a small apres ski town on the shoreline of Lake Wakatipu. It's nestled, sits, however you want to phrase it, within the Southern Alps, the mountain range that forms the spine, the backbone to New Zealand's South Island. In winter, lots of people flock there to ski and pursue other winter activities. It really is a sporty adventure place. There's sailing, jet skiing on the lake, as well as other water pursuits. And in the story, Anaru, with Pete's friend, well, they go parasailing. Now, that's fun, guys. It really is. This story is really about the day that Anaru gets his letter of all clear from Dr. Smith, the oncologist from Southland's Hospital in Invercargill. Three years ago, Anaru was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia, a blood cancer. And for those years, his life was put on hold while he battled, fought, overcame the leukemia with the numerous treatments and trips back and forth to the hospital. But one of the downsides for Anaru was that whilst he was recovering from the leukemia, he was unable to play his ripper rugby, which is rugby without the physical tackles. When someone rips your tag from your shorts, that is a tackle. In the UK, we call it tag rugby, but in New Zealand, it's called ripper rugby. Rugby for young kids without the harsh and at times brutal tackles you see. So, after three years and getting his letter all clear, I, I suppose you could say ringing the bell, meant he could now start to play his rugby again and follow his dream of becoming a world-class fly half for the All Blacks, just like his hero, Dan Carter. Today was all about celebrating his good news with his friends in Queenstown. And later on in the evening at the Sky Gondola restaurant, perched on the edge of the summit of one of the nearby mountains. And the most exciting way to get to the restaurant at the very top was by cable car. And that is great fun, guys, to go up on that steep cable car ride. 
This is a heartwarming story, but it's balanced with lots of fun and activity. So, kids, sit back in that comfy chair and listen as I take you across the world to New Zealand. Anaroos, New Zealand. And, as usual, I have a couple of questions for you to consider at the end of the podcast. Here comes Anaru. Sit back and listen. Anaru was born in Dunedin, a city known for its Scottish and Maori heritage on the east coast of South Island, New Zealand. His father's side of the family originated from Aberdeen in Scotland. Arriving in New Zealand close to 40 years ago, his mother's descendants could be traced back to one of the local Maori tribes around Rotorua on North Island. When he was born, his father had insisted in keeping the Scottish family traditional name of Andrew, but his mother wanted a Maori connection. Hence, the compromise, Anaru, the Maori for Andrew. Queenstown, where Anaru grew up, was a small resort town that sat on the shore of Lake Wakatipu in Ontago, a region in the southwest corner of South Island, New Zealand. The town itself was renowned for its sporty excellence. In winter, the Southern Alps, the backbone of South Island that surrounded Queenstown, attracted thousands of skiers from around the world. In summer, G4 paragliding, trekking, hand gliding, water paragliding, jet skiing, parasailing and numerous other water sports attracted people in their thousands to the town and the lake. But for Anaru, rugby was his sport. He passionately followed the Otago Highlanders, the area super rugby team based in Dunedin, going with his father to all the home games. The All Blacks rugby union team were not only the most dominant force in the Southern Hemisphere, but they held the number one slot in the world rankings. Anybody that followed rugby, be that union or league, knew about the All Blacks. He would sit with his father and friends in the bars of Queenstown in his All Black t-shirt, glued to the TV screens, watching the international games. His idol was Dan Carter, fly half, the position he loved to play. His mother was getting concerned about him and having spoken with his father, an appointment was made for Anaru to attend the local doctor's surgery. She explained the changes in Anaru's general behaviour, how he was exhausted coming home from school, the bruises on his body, lack of appetite, the numerous coughs and sore throats, the recent bout of pneumonia that he was complaining about his knees, joints hurting. Her instincts was telling her that something more sinister was lurking in the background. She was right. It had nearly been three years since he was diagnosed with leukaemia. He recalled the day that he sat in the consultant's room with the doctor confirming to his parents that all the tests they had run concluded he had leukaemia, specifically ALL, acute lymphoblastic leukaemia, a blood cancer. 
He distinctly remembered looking at his parents and watching the blood drain from their faces. He could even call to mind his father, who was sitting on his left, slumping in his seat and burying his head in his hands. His mother, simply staring out of the window with a vacant look, as if she'd seen a ghost. He was nine years old at the time, a little boy who didn't fully understand what was happening to him or what was coming his way. Dr. Smith, the consultant from Southlands Hospital in Invercahill, has suggested they make another appointment to discuss the options available, but more importantly, to take time out for all of them to absorb the devastating news. Dr. Smith had said right from the start the treatment was going to be long and difficult. There would be good days and dark days, numerous trips back and forward from Queenstown to Southlands Hospital in Invercahill. The treatment would be varied, possibly ranging from chemotherapy and radiotherapy to a variety of drugs. All would depend on how Anaru reacted to the different treatments as to what the next course of action would be. The good news was that the leukaemia had been caught in its early stages and that the prognosis outcome was very good, 80 to 90%. However, Anaru would be under Dr. Smith's team for the next two to three years. Sitting opposite his mother at the breakfast table in the large farmhouse kitchen, Anaru reached for the envelope his mother had slipped across the table. They both knew what the letter was about. The stamp had Invercahill branded all over it. It was from the hospital. It was hard to believe that three years had passed since that fateful day, but it had. The letter was brief. Dr. Smith had personally signed it. It was the letter he and his parents had been longing for. He had been given the all clear and Dr. Smith didn't want to see him any more, and that he could now go and enjoy his rugby. And Dr. Smith would look out for his name on the team sheets of the Otago Highlanders, and hopefully the All Blacks team as well. The farm hands were busy, as the sheep farm that had been in the family for decades was preparing for the summer shearing. Anaru's mother had organised the hired contractors that were due in the next few days to shear the 6,000 merino sheep. It would take the contractors the best part of two weeks working from dawn to dusk to accomplish the enormous task. Anaru raced down the track to Water Peak, the sheep station on the lake shore that was set up for the summer's tourists to experience life on a sheep farm. Plus, get a posh meal in the fancy restaurant there at rip-off prices. If rich Americans and Europeans wanted to pay those prices, well, let them pay, thought Anaru. As he neared Walter Peak, he could see the TSS Earnshaw, the old coal-fired steamship that crisscrossed Lake Wakatipu several times a day, bringing the tourists back and forth between here and Queenstown. The old steamship was some way out on the lake. On board 
were the sheep contractors that would spend the next few weeks on their farm. No shearing for Annery this year. He had other plans. Now he had been given the all clear. Anaru had texted his mates his wonderful news. He'd taken a selfie of himself and his mother at the breakfast table, holding up that letter and posted on Facebook and Instagram. As he reached the small wooden jetty on the tiny shingle beach at Water Peak, his mobile phone kept pinging as the messages of congratulations appeared on his screen. Looking through his contact list on his phone, he came to Mr. O'Connell, gently touching the screen over the number the call was placed. Hello, who is it? Mr. O'Connell, it's Anna Rue. Hello, son, what can I do for you? I got the all clear from Dr. Smith today. I know yesterday was the 16th of January, and that was the last day of registering for the under-14 team for 2016 but could you please make an exception? I have the $55 subs and a letter of consent from my mother and father. I'm on my way now. Please, Mr. O'Connell, I won't let you down. Anaru, that is fantastic news. Meet me after lunch at the school gates. Thanks, Mr. O'Connell. As he put his phone down, a message flashed across his screen. Welcome to Wakatipu High School Under-14 Rugby Season 2016. Training is every Tuesday and Thursday at 4pm. Don't be late. Yes! shouted Anaru to himself as he punched the air. Okay. How was that for a short clip of Anaru's adventure down under? If... Like all the stories you've heard so far, and we're only halfway through the book, guys. But you've enjoyed the story or thought it was interesting, then you can go on Amazon.com, search JT Crowley, The Smart Kids, and buy the book or download the Kindle version. Now, if you want to know more about the background of the story, how and why it came about, then stay listening for a few more minutes. Why did I write the story? Hmm, that's interesting. I wrote the story for several reasons. One, I wanted to take kids to New Zealand. New Zealand is a beautiful country. It's quiet beaches. It's awesome mountain scenery. And in contrast to the beaches and the mountains, you have the vibrant city life of Auckland, Wellington and Christchurch. And I also wanted, I wanted a little rugby character, for I love rugby. But I also wanted a character that had recovered from a serious illness to demonstrate that a child living with cancer can overcome the battle, to go forward to fulfilling their dreams and becoming the person they want to be. So... I created Anaru, placed him in New Zealand, gave him leukemia to start with, and having won the battle, he can now follow his dream. And of course, that vision was to be a fly half for New Zealand's All Blacks. How did the story come about? 
Well, the story simply came about as I went to New Zealand in 2009. Oh, it's an amazing place. It really is. But for the best time to go is end of November to the end of March, as that really is summertime down under. And I spent a couple of days in Queenstown, going on the lake on the TSS Earnshaw, the old steamboats, across to Walters Peak to visit a sheep station. And then up to the Sky Gondola restaurant by the cable car. Well, that was great fun. Equally, it was fun watching people having fun doing all the water sports activities on Lake Wakatipu. It was just magical. But what I most remembered was watching people bungee jumping off the side of the mountain just by the Sky Gondola restaurant and thinking to myself, you guys are seriously crazy. There was no way I was going to do that, I can tell you. Anyway, well, when I was thinking, where do I put Anaru? Queenstown fitted the brief perfectly. Question time. What months of the year are winter time in New Zealand? Name the capital of New Zealand and on what island is it on? Where do I say Anaru's mother comes from? And finally, what is the population of Auckland, New Zealand's biggest city? Kids, big or small, and even adult kids, go on Google Earth or any other map app. Have a look at New Zealand. See whereabouts Queenstown is. Go on the internet, search about the history of the Maori people and the All Blacks. See how many earthquakes New Zealand gets a year and why it's known as the land of the long white cloud. By now, you should have nine stickers on your world map that you have in your bedroom. The tenth sticker will be Peru, where we meet Dantel and his brother Emilio. Which leads me to say, as I do at the end of each podcast show, this is JT Crowley signing off. So wherever you are watching or listening in the world, stay safe. But have fun, just like my characters. See you in Peru next week. Goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to The Smart Kids. Want to follow more of their adventures? Check out The Smart Kids by J.T. Crowley on Amazon.com now.